On episode 25 of the Goblin Trash Masters, we discuss the effect of confidence on the game of magic, how to tailor your confidence level to the most helpful level, and a potential remake of Batman Begins, but only starring actors Anthony knows. I'm Kyle, joined by my partner in crime, Anthony. Say hello. If the third Batman was in Canada, would the geese be the heroes or the villains? I don't know, but let's talk some trash. jump right into this one because it's quite near and dear to my heart i would say we're going to talk about self-confidence in magic now for people like anthony he's very confident extroverted person he just goes in a room plays magic feels good i'm the opposite i'm a big old ball of anxiety and just like (laughs) like everyone hates me it's like no one's looking at you kyle calm the fuck down but we're going to be discussing that and the importance of it while playing magic the gathering because sometimes you just gotta uh, as I'll, I'll quote Anthony, power pose and be real confident in your plays. <laughs> yeah, you get to just do whatever the fuck you want all the time. Again, like we said, birds are free. Like just go, birds, just yeah. go, just take them home. Yeah, you should live your life in such a way that people should feel graced by your presence, so that as long as you're around them, they're just grateful for it. Yeah, I like that. I really like that. Le- leaving an impression on somebody that's just even if it's in like a simple thing where like. In the realm of magic, it was just like you sit down with somebody, you play a game, and they're like, I like that person. Yeah. They're not bad, them. A hot take here, but people value things that are valuable, right? Hot takes only. Yeah. Hot <laughs> takes only. Why are things valuable? Gold is valuable because we agreed that it, yeah, we assigned it value. has value. Yeah. We assigned value to that thing. Who gets to assign value to things? Fucking you do. You get to assign value to things. Yeah. We're looking so, at you, listener. Yeah, <laughs> at you. We're outside your window. Be confident. <laughs> if you're driving, we're on. Don't mind the muffled sounds from the roof of your car. I brought it's this nothing. from home. It's just the rain. <laughs> it's just the rain. No, it's just like you get to assign value to you in your interactions in the world. And if you treat yourself as if you are valuable, other people will see you as valuable. It's contagious. Mm-hmm. Like how you feel and how you present yourself. Like if you're confident, you're happy, you're feeling good, p- other people will feel good. And that's a good thing, not only for the people around you, but for yourself. Like it, yeah. you will feel a lot better if, and like when we say confidence, it's not like ego. We're like, look at me, I'm the best. I'm so good at this game. It's no, it's like mm-hmm. you're confident in your decisions, even your mistakes. You're like, look, I made a mistake. I did not play well. I should have done this. But at the time, I felt like this was right, and I went with it. I trusted my gut, and sometimes mm-hmm. you're rewarded, and sometimes you're not. I think that's actually a really big difference between confidence and ego, right? Confidence mm-hmm. is the ability to accept that you were incorrect about something. But mm-hmm. if you're speaking from just a place of just your ego might not, that might create some cognitive dissonance, right? Mm-hmm. If your ego yeah. tells you, I can't ever be wrong, and then you go out of your way to never be wrong, like either by adding a million caveats to everything you say or Mm -hmm. by getting like weirdly defensive about your plays and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's ego. That is not the same thing as confidence. I love that you brought that up. Because it's, you know me, 
I don't have an ego. I'm not that guy. But I still struggled with that. Where like me trying to find my confidence, you know, in in the realm of magic, pretty much. And I'd be like, oh no, am I being weirdly defensive? Am I just like saying the wrong thing? Is this just my ego talking? And it's more of my anxiety getting in the way. Mm-hmm. And me just putting myself down. And it took me a while to learn that and get there because you're not going to learn this overnight. You're not just going to be like, boom, I feel great. Like it's a process and you have to constantly work on it too. I do that with myself and trying to stay confident and stay positive, humble, all those things. Because, you know, you are your worst enemy sometimes and you have to be able to fight off those demons. And another way to help that too is not just you supporting yourself, but supporting your other players, your friends, your colleagues, things like that. Hallelujah. All ships rise. We talk about this all the fucking time. Like it's a collaborative effort. It's a team. It's a village. All insert your phrase that works the best in this, but it has to be a two-way street. You help out your friends. They help you out and you build each other up because not everybody is going to have confidence. Not everybody is not going to have an ego. Like there are some people who have to work on that. Or we talked about it with getting tilted when you play magic or learning how to bluff you finding your confidence those things are very mm-hmm. related in, in this topic with bluffing you got to be confident if you're going to bluff something in magic you just can't be like unless you're bluffing weakness yeah here <laughs> i think it's strategically important to show weakness occasionally oh they're like oh i'm wounded or like it's the beam like call an ambulance but not for me Yeah, like one of my favorite bluffs of all time was I had a pretty reasonable hand in Legacy, multiple cantrips and things like that. And I lean over to my teammate because it was like a team event. And I leaned Mm. over and I whispered very quietly to them, do not say anything. Just point at four cards and shake your head. And they did that. And I was just like, no, I'm going to keep it. And then proceeded to play a turn one fetch land, say go. And my opponent played a turn one fetch land and said go and i go on my main phase crack this fetch it resolves and i go and i get a land and then i just play a ponder and they snap off that daze as quick as they possibly could and i was just like all right ponders countered play my second land go and they could never catch up for the rest of the game (laughs) you're just showing you're showing weakness there and that's fine that's something you can do but like again That's something that I think someone with a lot of ego would have trouble selling. Oh, very very much. Because even if they're doing it, nope, everything I do is correct. Like Mm -hmm. sometimes it's just second nature. And like you said, weakness is a good way to say it. Or just like bluffing and competence sometimes works. Where you just like, hey, I have no idea what I'm doing. (laughs) Huh? That's me. Yeah. Bluffing and competence. I'm not actually incompetent. (laughs) Wait. (laughs) No, I think people approach this. I think people approach this from different ends of this spectrum. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the benefits and downsides of your starting point is true on either side. Right. In that people with lower confidence tend to not struggle with their ego so much. Mm -hmm. And then people that start with just a lot of confidence tend to struggle with ego stuff a lot early. I know that was one of my weaknesses earlier. I've been playing magic for long enough that I've been able to, I feel like mostly overcome this specific thing, but I really did not like losing and I did not like being wrong and I did not like getting stuff wrong. And I skewed overly defensive rather than overly deferential. 
Whereas I think people on the low confidence, low ego starting point end of the spectrum are likely to be overly deferential. They're likely to accept advice from anybody, even if that person's a fucking idiot. I know of one player that I can think of that's actually pretty good. They're pretty new, but they're pretty good. And there was just a real fucking dumbass talking them through <laughs> their plays and telling them a bunch of shit that was a just like from the rules inaccurate. And B yeah. was also just bad. It was just like mm -hmm. bad habits. So I walked over and just in the middle of that conversation, I said, hey, please don't listen to anything this guy says. He has yet to post a winning record at his local FNM. Oh, man. It's the confidence of you to just walk up there and say it. I can do whatever I want. Just go into the Wendy's, make a burger. It's fine. Yeah. Just go into Pizza Hut and grab the cash can, in the ceiling. It's fine. You can just walk into a Wendy's and make a hamburger. No one cares enough to stop you. Oh, yeah. You are so, yeah. No one's going to care. <laughs> you are so much less important than you think you are to. You are not a main character to anybody else but yourself. So you might as well be the main character in your own story. And depending on the fast food place you go to, they might just be like, awesome. We need the help. <laughs> yeah. Now, I think that confidence has benefits in magic, right? And I find oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. A lack of confidence in magic. The main result of that, I find, is unintentional draws. So just like playing like past the round clock and just drawing mm -hmm. unintentionally. Just playing so slowly that Super you get slow, unintentional yeah, yeah. draws. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when you're learning stuff or you're not very confident in your plays, you double check yourself a lot more than you need to. And even if you come to the right line, you dissect it and then say like, oh, but this is wrong and I'll look foolish if they have this or this. So even if I think mm -hmm. this is the best line, I might not take this because it would look so bad. Stuff like that. That's a very good example because sometimes you get lost in your own head and you're thinking, oh, if I play this and then they play that, I'll look foolish or they're definitely holding up this. You keep going through like the 500 different scenarios that could happen. And then you realize you have a bunch of cards that you could have played on curve and been in a better spot. And you're just looking at them in your hand and you didn't play them because you're just like, oh, I was worried about this. I was worried about that. And then you end up losing the game because you just didn't play your cards. Sometimes it's just best to be like, look, they might have it. I just need to play these cards and use my mana efficiently and go from there. Because if you're thinking like, oh, they have spell pierce, they have spell pierce. And then it goes from turn three to turn six and you don't have a board state. You have done nothing. You just pay, played lands and passed. And then meanwhile, your opponent's just doing their thing. They're deploying threats. They're advancing their game. Yeah, plan. they're going to win that game because you're, you're, you don't have the confidence to be like, oh, yes, they might have spell pierce. But again, they might not. And you have to be aware that I'm playing around spell pierce or you just not playing your cards and a lack of confidence in a spell pierce example is a really good one because mm. you can decide I'm going to I, my hand is set up in such a way that I can play around spell pierce for the entire. I've got a few non creature spells. They're not terribly expensive or they don't need to be played early mm -hmm. and I can play around spell pierce for the entire game and then you stick to that and you play around spell pierce for the entire game. You can be very that's a that takes a good deal of confidence to lock yourself into that line early. And you can also have confidence that you can't play around spell pierce the entire game. Therefore you're going to jam early, mm -hmm. make them have it, make them show you the spell pierce. And then it's gone. That spell pierce is not in their hand anymore. And you can reevaluate the next turn where the lack of confidence comes in and playing around spell pierce. I find is when you say, I'm going to play around spell pierce, I think. And then three turns go by and you're just like, I don't want to play around spell pierce anymore. And then you play and then you get spell pierced. 
all of a sudden you are in a situation where that spell pierce not only countered one spell, but set you two turns behind for every turn you didn't cast something into it previously. You are getting the worst of both worlds. It's like Hannah Montana in the Upside Down. Oh, no. Oh, that's an awful thought to have. <laughs> I wish that she had been cast as the Joker in the ones with, ah. in all of the, the... Is it James Nolan? Chris no- Christopher Nolan. No, James Nolan is the guy... James Dolan is the guy that owned the Knicks. Never mind. Any of those Batmen... <laughs> The um, Batman. <laughs> the Batman. I think that Miley Cyrus should have been cast as the Joker in that. And then she wouldn't have been guilty and killed Heath Ledger. Because we know she fucking did it. Oh my god. Only she in Minecraft. Him. Only, Only in Minecraft. Minecraft. She, she <laughs> murdered him for that role in Minecraft. <laughs> but she did it confidently. She did it with confidence. That's correct. Yes. <laughs> Listen, I'm sorry. You need self-confidence to just go out into the world and be like, yep, my biological father is Billy Ray Cyrus. Very true. Yeah. If your dad's just achy, breaky heart, like you, God. <laughs> you grew up in the fucking crucible. You were forged by it. That's a Batman <laughs> too, right? I, I guess. I don't know. That's the, that, no, that's the Winona Ryder movie about witches. Yeah. With Daniel Day-Lewis. I forgot he was in that fucking movie. I don't think I ever noticed he was in that movie. Uh, same um, until I saw a clip like a month ago. I'm like, what? No, <laughs> the, like the, she was forged in the Hannah Montana was forged in the crucible because her character and the actress that played the character were both biologically related to Billy Ray Cyrus. So like they were the forge was not new to them. They were born in the forge. They they grew up in the forge. Oh, like Bane. That's a Batman, right? That's what yeah, I'm that's asking. a Batman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Outstanding. We I got was born there. in the dark. Yeah, I actually have failed to complete any of the Christopher Nolan Batmans. That doesn't really surprise me. They're not really for you. They're really, like, super boring. And Maggie Gyllenhaal's in one of them, I think. The first one, sh- yeah, yeah. And that should be a win for me. Wait, no, the second one. Gyllen- Maggie Gyllenhaal was recast as Rachel. Yeah. Or she was the recast for, I forget the first one. Yeah, she was the Sarah Chalk, right? She was the second Becky. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. See, okay, okay. I think if we, I doubt we can do it, but you can just do it in your head. Rewatch the Bat, the Batman movies, but every time they say Batman in your head, have them say Batman. But what if we financed a shot for shot remake Ooh. of the Batman movies with Ooh. that? But Just also, Batman. we replaced Maggie Gyllenhaal with Sarah Chalk, and we s- just see how it works. You definitely watch the movie, then. I would watch the movie. I'll tell you what. I would go from, I'll watch the movie begrudgingly, to I will excitedly watch the movie. If you do that, with that recast, and you recast one more person, you take, it's Christian, it's Christian Bane, right? Or Christian, Christian Bale. Not Slater. Not Christian Slater. No. I would accept Christian Slater or Zach Braff as the new Batman. Oh my God. Okay. Okay. Shot for shot remake of Batman Begins, the first Christopher Nolan one, but it's everyone from Scrubs. Oh yeah, they were both on Scrubs together. Every single actor that was on Scrubs plays a part in Batman. What if it was shot for shot remake of Batman Begins, but all the parts are played by Eddie Murphy? That would be your favorite movie. I fucking love Eddie Murphy, man. <laughs> Yet you haven't seen Mulan. 
the animated one. How was I supposed to know that he was in that one? I watched Rush Hour. Give me a break. He has the greatest line in cinema in Mulan. As Mushu the dragon, he says, dishonor on you and dishonor on your cow. Also, I don't think Eddie Murphy was in Rush Hour. I'm pretty sure that was Chris. That was Chris Tucker. Holy fuck. How are you getting so close yet so far every time? (laughs) Getting stuff about movies slightly wrong and frustrating the people around me is just like, Oh, it's, your, it's your favorite. favorite hobbies. Yeah. <laughs> that would be great for you to go to a con and just do that at like panels, like vaguely close questions about the franchise. Just go to like a Marvel convention and just start asking like weirdly almost correct questions. I'm a big fan of just going to any con, the concept of going to any con and during a panel asking a question and just just leading off that question with saying, so a few of us were looking into it and couldn't help but notice the subtext. And <laughs> oh my God, it's so great because you just get to watch all of these straight actors just defend their own heterosexuality. You don't have to say anything else. You just have to say the word subtext. And all they hear is dick in the mouth, dick in the mouth, dick <laughs> in the mouth. It happened off camera. Destiel. <laughs> I was drunk. Stop yelling. <laughs> Purgatory is the name of a gay bar in Miami. <laughs> Supernatural has ruined my brain. The TV show? Yeah. Yeah. It's just like if like if like Buffy is some really good clean cocaine, then Supernatural is just like the dirtiest, greasiest, cloudiest fucking crack you have ever consumed. That you it's, got behind a, a dumpster at a speedway. Yeah. The guy that sold it to you behind the 7-Eleven was hiding it in his own asshole. And yelling about demons. <laughs> yeah. And ye- yelling about demons. Like, So you know how we were talking about shot-for-shot remakes of Batman Begins, but making it like Eddie Murphy or Scrubs? Mm-hmm. Like, Supernatural is like a shot-for-shot remake of Buffy, except you made everybody worse and made it incredibly less funny and then made the gay couple men and then made fun of your audience for thinking that the gay couple were gay. That is like spot on. I'm sorry, but the show is supposed to end after season four until the main character sacrificed himself by going into hell in order to save it. But then the show got renewed unexpectedly. So then they pulled that person out of hell. And the following season was all about that person trying to reconcile with the fact that they were in the afterlife and they've been pulled out. I'm sorry, but if that doesn't describe season four into season five of both Buffy and Supernatural, I don't know what does. Also, the Leviathans were just people, but they could open their mouths real big. Yeah. Because they had the CW budget. And that classic CW writing. Oh, yeah. God bless. I love it. And it do- it did inspire one of my favorite things I've ever heard and something I try to apply to my personality as much as possible. And I think this ties us back into confidence nicely. And that is, it's not jumping the shark if you never come back down. Ooh. Ooh, I like that. You just stay up there. You just, just keep maintain. on going. Yeah, you just can, maintain. You can present yourself socially however you'd like. And you're not jumping the shark if you never come back down. Is this good advice? Arguably not, even a little bit. <laughs> but it's advice. <laughs> Nonetheless. But I'm going to say it. And I think that this does a really good job of highlighting the difference between Kyle and myself in regards oh, yes. to our attitudes. Oh, yes. Very much so. <laughs> 
So, Kyle, if you mm-hmm. like are wanting to gain confidence, you've been on this journey for a while, right? Oh, yeah. You've been like working towards it. So what are some of the things that you have personally done to build that up in yourself? I know we've covered like gassing up your friends. Like that's a big one. Yeah, that's a big one. That's an easy one. And I think one for me is forcing yourself into situations. I think for me personally, the biggest hurdle for anything I do is the start. But once I get there, I get some momentum and I'm able to feel confident, be able to do things. But it's just, it's, you got to do it. You got to get up off the couch, out of bed. You got to pick yourself up and actually go force yourself to do things. It might suck. A lot of these times when I'm being extroverted at MTG events or magic events, like I'm forcing myself to do it. It's tough for me. People's like, oh, you're so great. You're so fun. And I'm just like, yeah, it's a, it's an act. And I'm forcing myself to do this because I want to do it. And I felt more over time. It's helped in my confidence where now, like say, like when I started playing competitive magic in 2018 till now, because that's when I started pretty much that journey of me being confident in my playing ability as magic, as a magic player, it's not really tough for me anymore to just go to events be myself and be able to play magic and sometimes it's a good day sometimes it's a bad day as far as me as a player but i'm not dreading getting out of the car and going and interacting with people like what if i meet an asshole like what if i like i play bad what if i make the wrong decision at the at the wrong time you know what if this this isn't that like i kind of shut my brain off and just do it's a struggle but it's a good thing for me to get out there because I've met a lot of really good people and really lifelong friends and been able to do a lot of fun things just from forcing myself to do something and having confidence in myself. And these friends I've met over these times we've been playing Magic and doing this podcast and all this nonsense that we do as far as Magic the Gathering goes, they've built me up as well. And I'm, I, I reciprocate because I, I will, you and I are a lot of people's biggest fans. And that's why I love this community. Yeah, you have to be. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's the only way you survive. <laughs> like, I think that a lot of the time from the other end of the spectrum, if you are already confident and you're coming at this from the other end of the spectrum, you do need that voice that tells you to stop, wait, slow down, think about what might happen next. So this is not at all a one size fits all kind of thing, right? Because people oh. come at it from different ends of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And there are people that are very confident outside of magic that struggle with confidence in magic it is a at its core it is a very different type of experience but a big thing that i say a lot to remind people that are struggling with confidence is nobody's going to die yeah no no one's gonna die this is not open heart surgery (laughs) your play can be right or your play can be wrong but the important part is not whether or not you make the right play The important part is whether you can identify the right play with help afterwards. That's what makes a difference there. And then from the other end of the spectrum, the people that are coming in with confidence and losing, those are the ones that are the most likely to say that I just got super unlucky or this, that happened. And I think the right thing to say to them is, wow, did you recently suffer head trauma? And I think you can be a lot less delicate with people on that end of the spectrum like me, because sometimes that voice is what's needed that voice of just like what the fuck are you doing what is this what's What's the deal bro (laughs) and fun fact is that my magic conscience does have an actual voice 
Really? Of a real person. Oh, what voice is it? It's Heath Purdue. Really? Yeah. I don't even think he's playing anymore, but that dude. No, I don't think so. Oh, so let me be clear. It's Heath Purdue, except in Legacy, where it's Craig Vargo. Now, it's just one of those things that you can imagine. And I think for me, it's helpful. And I imagine people that are starting on that confidence plus ego end of the spectrum and trying to make their way to the middle. I think it's good for you to take the voice of someone you respect. That's going to be a short list if you're really high on the confidence ego spectrum. Like from your starting point, that's a really hard thing. So pick the person that's like, you're just like, I respect what they're saying for a lot of folks. That's just going to be the advice that you hear from like Reed Duke on YouTube or something like that. Mm -hmm. But I think that it's good to personify that secondary hold up, hold up. What if they have this? How do we beat X card in this Mm -hmm. situation? Give that voice, give that thought process an actual person, anthropomorphize it. And you'll find suddenly that nagging feeling and i think this could be po- this could if you are struggling with that voice saying generically you're doing bad you're doing something wrong you can apply this as well but giving that a voice of someone you respect will force you to put it into a words and b words that person would say so i've had multiple people tell me personally they're just like yeah i thinking through a play and i'll just sub vocalize hey i'm think i want to do this and this and then they'll say anthony in my brain says how do you beat it if they have a mana lead how do you beat it if the the top card of their deck is a thought seize and by putting it in someone's voice you're making it so that you can have that dialogue in your head while you're thinking through those plays and if that can slow your confidence that can slow your confidence down or your ego down at the very least if you are on that end of the spectrum and it can give that random vague smoky criticism that you're feeling on the other end of the spectrum some actual structure so it can be fucking helpful because have you experienced that this isn't right something's wrong i'm not doing this right this is not correct yes i've experienced that quite a lot and yeah And for me, it's not another person's voice. It's me. And I'm fine with that. And I'm happy with it. But it's morphed from the me getting down on myself. Like the, Kyle, you're an idiot. Like this and that. Because I don't need somebody like telling me like, hey, you played badly. I need somebody to be like, hey, you played badly. Let's fix it. I've stopped being down on myself and been like, this is a learning experience. Let's Mm -hmm. move forward. I'd say try it. I'd say try it. I'd say try putting that sub vocalization into someone's voice. I, for me personally, because so much of my learning happens through dialogue, Mm -hmm. like I want to have like that communication, that back and forth, the kibitz we talked about. Yes. I think that by forcing my thought process into that shape, taking that kind of ephemeral, difficult thought process of like, I'm doing this. Wait, no, something's wrong. Something's not right. I don't think this is the right play. I can't put my finger on why. Switch from that to that conversation part of your brain. Your conversation part of your brain is so good at filling in those gaps Mm -hmm. and making sure your play is structured and logical, especially if that conversation part of your brain is doing two halves of a conversation. I'd try it. Yeah. I'd try it with Reed Duke's voice. Honestly, like he he does live rent free in my head. I do love me some Reed Duke. So, yeah. yeah. He's got that nice voice, too. It's very calm. 
Very nice. Like, and I play Thoughtseize deck, so it's perfect. Yeah. All right. I do like that. The dialogue really helps Mm because you see things more when you're having a conversation, whether it's someone in front of you or in your brain, than if you're just tunnel vision focusing on something. Your subconscious is so fucking good at seeing shit. Your subconscious is so good. Like, historically, genetically, this shit has kept your genes alive for thousands and thousands of years. It's very good at descriptively understanding something is bad or something Mm -hmm. is a danger or there is risk here. Your subconscious is fucking gangbusters at IDing risk. It's so bad at identifying what that risk is, how to work around it, because for the majority of human evolution, our ability to handle risk was managed through fight or flight responses. Your palms get sweaty, knees weak, arms spaghetti. (laughs) And you can run from the thing or you can punch the thing. But if you run away, you will be forced to concede that match. And if you punch your opponent, you will be disqualified and removed from the tournament. So those those conditioned fear responses are outdated and illogical. <laughs> yep, this is Liam Neeson's character from the Jan DeBont hit movie, The Haunting, based on The Haunting of Hill House. What does, it have to, what does the movie have to do with the book? Almost nothing. But it was a fucking great book and a fucking great movie. Movie that had nothing to do with the book. So the original <laughs> adaptation had nothing to do with the book. The Jan DeBont one, in spite of being directed by the guy who directed Twister, actually, I was being a little hyperbolic, is actually pretty faithful to the book. At no point in the book did Owen Wilson get his head chopped off by a chimney flu, considering that that's not what a chimney flu does at all. But thematically and character-wise it, and premise-wise, it was the most accurate between that and the Mike Flanagan's Netflix series and the original adaptation. To uh, bring it back around to confidence, we have a guessing game about confidence. Outstanding. Our guessing game today is Kyle and I are each thinking about a card. And that card is one that we have done some sort of con or confidence trick on our opponents with. Also referred to as your Jedi mind tricks or things like that. Where you play a card and you have in some way within the rules of the game of magic and within the magic tournament rules gotten one over on your opponent just through sheer confidence. I've got one that I love. Kyle, have you got one? Oh, I right. got one. I'm going to have you guess first on this one. Okay. I will tell you that I played this card after making the decision in my brain. This is a negate that costs one less mana. And it worked. Is this like a brainstorm is a counterspell for a discard type nope, thing? This or? is very sp- This card does say counter target non-creature spell on it, just like negate. Okay. The difference was I only had to pay one mana for the privilege. Was the did you say the format or did I miss you didn't say the I format? Be- I did not say the format, but in this case, I believe the format was legacy. But you could play this. This card does see play in Legacy. Or it did see play in Legacy. It does see play in Modern. It does see play in Pioneer. So counter target non-creature spell. Does it have a, like, it's just straight negate? Or does it have a if you pay? It 
It doesn't have kicker, but it does have something that turns it into negate. Okay, was it played in Death Shadow? Yes. Is it Stubborn Denial? It was the big stuff. Oh, Stubby D. I had a 3-3 in play. Not a Death Shadow. It was a 3-3. Or, uh, sorry. Yeah, it was a 3-3 when the spell resolved. I had a Monastery Mentor in play. Mm -hmm. And it was the only spell I had cast. They cast a spell, and I cast Stubborn Denial. And I just, they cast a spell, and I just snap it off. I just go, Stubborn Denial. And they go, okay. And they put their card in the graveyard. And I immediately, like, crack a fetch. Yep. I was just like, all right, let's progress the game state as quickly as I can. And I just changed information, presented them with new information that they wouldn't have had otherwise. And then it, it didn't click on with them until, like, two full turn cycles later. They were just like, holy shit, I did not, I could have just paid one for that stubborn <laughs> yeah. denial. Oh, and man. I was like, yeah. And they were just like, man, you just did that in such a way that you seemed so. Did you think that it was a hard counter? I was like, oh, God, no. I just wanted to pretend that it was yeah. and see if you just don't pay the one. Yep. Because you were so confident. You just, with, you willed it with all your might. Yeah. <laughs> this is and definitely negate. <laughs> I turned it into negate with the power of my mind. I'm like that Roald Dahl character that tortured her principal. I have no got idea. Got adopted by is. her teacher. You know what this is. I do? Based on a book by Roald Dahl, she tortured her principal and her parents and then got adopted by her teacher. I'm blanking. I, it's I Matilda. Oh, fuck you. Come on. <laughs> Danny DeVito and Rhea Perlman were in that as husband yeah. and wife. Much too good for children. Oh, but speaking of that, it, it finally happened in Always Sunny. All of the wives have been in the show now. Oh, really? Yeah. I haven't seen they, it yet. They've done it. I'm very excited to see the episode. But I love your pick. I, for my pick, I will say it's not surprising you knowing me. I will, ju I will just say it's legal in the modern format. And only legal in modern legacy and vintage. There's no way. It's not Chalice, is it? That was the first thing. No, no. I get myself I like, with I don't that think card. <laughs> I don't think there's any trick to it. Okay, I'm going to have to ask some questions on this. Go for it. Is it a permanent? It is a permanent. Is it a permanent that counters a spell? No. Is it a creature? It is a creature. Is this creature black? Yes. Does this creature cost three mana or fewer? More. More. Does this creature cost four mana? Four. Is this creature Yawgmoth? It is. What kind of confidence tricks can you play in Yawgmoth, like making them play around the cord even though the cord target's in your hand? It's really simple. It's the line of text everyone forgets. The proliferate one? Nope, the other one. Oh, protection from humans? Oh, yeah. I got my I mean, burn opponent real good. There's some validity to that. I literally just forgot that happened. Oh, fucking everybody does. The amount of times, and like I've done this where I'm just like, block as confident as I can. They're like, they're pumping every like three, four burn spells. There's like a six, seven monastery swift spear coming at me. And I just go like block with Yagma. They go, all right, go to damage. I'm like, okay. And they're like, that one dies. I'm like, no, it doesn't. They're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, it's protection from humans. And e literally everyone's response is like, are you fucking kidding me? 
And the sad part, I've got Sophie a lot with that when we played Magic together. <laughs> Somebody give her a skull crack. Oh, the amount of times I've been gotten by that card. That and Dress Down. Like, I'm just like, all right, go to your upkeep. Do the loop with Blood Artist. They're just like, skull crack? I'm like, I fucking hate you. <laughs> like, But it doesn't matter. To Sophie, I'm not real. I'm imaginary. It, it doesn't count. <laughs> I liked your pick. I like having Yawgmoth as a thing. I, and you know me, I just love that card like so yeah. fucking much. Like, <laughs> but there's that and Grist in Dispel Pierce was another one because people forget it's a creature. It's so tilting because like I've looked, I've had a Spell Pierce in my hand and just like they've cast a Grist and I've just been like fucking okay, I guess. Yeah, I remember. Um, it was it was uh, the RCQ Christian ended up winning at TD in Frankfurt where he's playing against a Yawgmoth opponent in the beginning of top eight, and. Grist enters the stack and he just gets up. He's like, I'm going to go talk to a judge. And the judge comes over. They have a conversation away from the table. I'm like, I already know what this question is. He's like, can't. And he comes back. We talk about it after the match. He's like, hey, I just asked if I could spell Pierce Grist. Did you get it right? Yes. It was a pretty simple one. Like it's an easy Google or just look at the card type thing. But and yet people can get it, Matt, can get it wrong. Yeah, pretty easily. (laughs) Yeah, it's just important to remember at these small town RCQs. That you're playing with the rules of magic as the judge or oftentimes non-judge on staff yeah. believes them to be, not as they're written. It's a shame, but that is that's the it's outcome the of not in. having judges, yeah. yeah, required. It's like if the judge at your East Bum Fuck RCQ believes <laughs> that believes that destroying a permanent removes all triggers from that permanent from the stack, that is how magic works for the remainder of that event. Sad. That's rough. I've had to do it. This is why you should have judges at RCQs, people. This is why you should have judges at every event. Yeah, pretty much. But we need to talk about something way more important than that. Our remake of Batman with the Scrubs cast. Yeah. And Eddie Murphy. It's, it's This is what we do. The first yeah, one. Yeah, they can't do it all on their own. They're no Superman. They're Batman. Batman. <laughs> All right, this is what we do. The first one, Scrubs. Second one, only Eddie Murphy. What's going to be the third one to end of the trilogy? Okay. Hear me out. <laughs> okay. I want it to be the Batman, but then I want to have Batman crossed out with some sort of goo, but that goo is brown. And then we realize that this is set in Canada and it's actually syrup. And instead of the Batman, it's called the syrup. And everyone in the movie just chants, we are sticky syrup. We are sticky <laughs> syrup. And the mentor type character is actually a lumberjack's ghost. And Alfred the butler is just played by a malevolent AI. And all the shops in the entire city run on the barter system. And everyone that runs those shops speaks in riddles. Yeah, I mean, they're French, right? So that's already the default. Yeah, fucking the Batman from Quebec. <laughs> I'm sorry, the syrup. The syrupman. <laughs> the sky birds. The, what's the sky noodle in French? <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I have to check on noodle because I'm pretty sure this is actually hilarious. The sky noodle would be la nuit de ciel. If you ever play a Yuri on deck at any event that matters, that's your deck list.
If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like and subscribe. It helps us out a ton and makes it easier for other players like you to hear what we have to say. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, Stitcher, Spotify, Peanut.fm, and iHeartRadio. One of those was not real, but we'll never tell. It was Peanut, wasn't it? Oh, shut the fuck up.